From red to violet, who are the lanterns of DC? Here's a word for the novice nerd from Why So Sidious. Through many future Green Lantern-oriented novice nerds, we're going to see a lot of recurring themes, and many of those themes could be used in the upcoming DCU. So here's a special novice nerd. This will not dive into an individual's story, but it's a foundational lantern mythos and background episode. Not just the Green Lanterns, but all ring colors, because we don't discriminate by color. The lanterns out in the galaxy by themselves could carry a franchise. Their rich history is full of conflict, alliances, love, betrayal, and epic sci-fi action. So let's start with the different colors of rings. Green was the only ring color introduced in 1940. Not until the early 2000s when six other colors were created, along with a huge expansion in history and mythology thanks to writer Jeff Johns. Each lantern color follows the color spectrum of Roy G. Biv, and each color draws power from a specific emotion tied to their respective color, emotions that all life forms across the universe radiate. Red rings are powered by rage, orange, avarice, yellow, fear. These colors match our more primal instincts, fight or flight, hunting and survival, etc., which are easy traits for riders to manifest in villainous ways, so these colors are often the bad guys. But the lantern stories are never that black and white. Then we get to green in the center of the seven color spectrum and powered by will. Blue is powered by hope, indigo, passion, violet, love. They each harness these energies and it provides the ring bearer with the ability to create various constructs, weapons, shields, or anything thought of by the ring wielder. Although green, blue, indigo, and violet are powered by less primal emotions, indigo and violet have still played as villains, since love and passion can become dangerous if left unhinged. But realistically, any color can be good or bad depending on the methods of the user. A green lantern can still make mistakes or impose their misguided will on others. And of course, being a hero or a villain is always dependent on multiple perspectives. There are other special color lanterns like white, black, and phantom that we'll briefly touch on later. And by the way, each ring color's whole army is powered by the central battery of their respective color. Guardians of the Universe. The color that started it all, the green lanterns have always been overseen by powerful small blue beings called the Guardians of the Universe, who have been alive for billions of years. They act as a small council and they make the big decisions. The Guardians and the Green Lanterns police 3,600 space sectors. And you guessed it, Earth is Space Sector 2814. Their purpose is to stop threats and try to keep peaceful democratic order in the galaxies. The Guardians of the Universe most often have an overarching story throughout each Green Lantern series or event. They've gone from old, trustworthy, Gandalf-like protectors to corrupt, controlling overlords. They were among the survivors of the universe's first intelligent race. Their goal is to bring order to and protect the cosmos, but their methods of bringing order and protection are often controversial. For example, the Guardians used advanced robots called the Manhunters to assist them in their mission of peace. Of course, as machines do in comics, they malfunctioned, leading to a massacre in Space Sector. You guessed it, 666. They covered this up for centuries, but couldn't keep it a secret forever. 
The process of the Green Lanterns finding out and the conflict that ensues is a wild ride. The Guardians often bring an extra layer of tension to many great stories. With the massacre of Sector 666, they decided the reason the Manhunters malfunctioned is because they lacked the emotion of living things. So they decided to build a force of sentient beings, powered by their new creation, the Green Power Ring. So the Green Lanterns replaced the faulty Manhunters as the peacekeeping police force in the galaxy. The creator of the first ring, and the first lantern to wear it, will come up later. Before we summarize some significant events over the course of a few decades, here's a list of significant lantern characters in order of first appearance. The very first Green Lantern was Alan Scott, introduced in 1940. His powers work differently than what we are familiar with. The familiar Hal Jordan was the second Green Lantern, introduced in 1959. One year later, in 1960, the Guardians of the Universe came, along with some deeper Lantern mythos, and also what became the Green Lantern's homeworld and headquarters, Oa. In modern day, the Green Lantern headquarters is the sentient planet Mogo. One year later, Sinestro was introduced in 1961, who goes from being the greatest Green Lantern of his time to the Lantern's worst enemy. We've already got a full Novice Nerd episode on Sinestro, so check it out, especially to dive deeper into the Sinestro Core War. Guy Gardner was just cast in James Gunn's Superman Legacy, being played by Nathan Fillion. Guy was the next to be brought to page in 1968, becoming a Lantern during the Crisis on Infinite Earth story. Known for his brash and confrontational personality, he might be our next Lantern Novice Nerd considering the news. We'll see. John Stewart, a marine veteran and an architect, made his first appearance in 1971. The character brought a strong leadership to the Green Lanterns, and being an architect gave him a unique skill for creating reliable constructs with his ring. Kyle Rayner, a sort of chosen one type of character, came in 1994. And that catches us up for the most part until 2004 when Jeff Johns began his epic Green Lantern run and many other characters and villains were introduced. Right before Jeff Johns took over was the fall of Hal Jordan, thanks to the yellow embodiment of fear known as Parallax, who was one of the primary Green Lantern rogues. Each color ring has an embodiment of their respective emotion, and we'll touch on that later. So in the 1994 storyline Emerald Twilight, at the time Parallax had been imprisoned for years in the Green Central Battery, which was the only thing that could contain him. But from inside the source, he could instill his power of fear into the Green Lantern's rings and influence their will towards fear. This brings us back to Hal, who just lost his home, Coast City, destroyed by Mongol and Cyborg Superman. It drove Hal insane, and this allowed Parallax to slip deep into Hal's mind and take over. Under the influence of Parallax, Hal launched a destructive assault on Oa, the Guardians of the Universe, and all the Green Lanterns. He defeated everybody who got in his way, leaving them powerless or dead. Some of those he killed would come back to haunt him many years later. Kyle Rayner, the new recruit and last remaining Green Lantern at the time, plays a crucial role along with Spectre, the spirit of God's vengeance, who became intertwined with Hal's soul and sought to punish him for his actions. However, he finds out Hal is infected by Parallax, so Spectre confronts the entity itself. Hal ends up sacrificing himself to the Spectre and becoming the Spirit of Vengeance himself, before his return to form a decade later. 
When that decade comes, Jeff Johns also writes a ton of new mythos into the Lantern background and story, expanding it and breathing new life into the pages full of threats, allies, adventures, and a mystical sci-fi feel to the DC cosmos. This is where the other colors get introduced, starting in the 2004 arc, Green Lantern Rebirth. Mysterious yellow rings start to appear, which turn out to be recruiting violent people into an army fueled by the power of fear and led by Green Lantern arch-nemesis Sinestro. This is the beginning of the Sinestro Corps War. In 2007, this story blew up the Green Lantern world. It's an all-out war in the galaxies between green and yellow, and it planted seeds for a mysterious conspiracy called the Blackest Night, which is a prophecy of death sweeping through the galaxies. Again, check out our Sinestro Novice Nerd for more on the Sinestro War. After Sinestro's capture, he was being transported across space to a cell where he could await the death penalty under the Green Lantern's jurisdiction. But a new threat also wants his own personal form of vengeance for Sinestro. Atrocitus attacks during the transportation. He is the leader of the Red Rings, fueled by rage. He comes to break Sinestro out of prison to kill him himself. His story is expanded upon, and Atrocitus becomes a mainstay villain. Saint Walker, leader of the Blue Rings, was introduced in 2007 as well, becoming a crucial ally with Green. He's got Star Wars-like Laku, if you're familiar. The blue power of hope actually charges the Green Lanterns and even amplifies their powers. If you think about it, hope and willpower go hand in hand, because you need at least a flicker of hope to maintain the willpower, and the more hope you have, the more your will would be powered. The Blue Lantern Corps has very unique powers. They were able to save a planet by keeping their star burning with the power of hope. They added a unique mystical vibe to a chaotic, violent galaxy at the time. Peacebringers. Speaking of peacebringing, the opposite is Larflees, also known as Agent Orange. He made his debut in 2007 as well. As the sole wielder of the Orange Lantern power ring, Larflees is driven by an insatiable greed and an insane desire to possess everything in the universe, and that's amplified by the Orange Ring of Avarice. He is a complex and unpredictable character who brings a wildcard dynamic to the Green Lantern Rogues Gallery. After the chaos of the Sinestro War, many conflicts ensue with these different Lantern characters, and it all eventually leads to an epic crossover event, The Blackest Night. Mysterious black rings are rising the dead. The Justice League have to help the Green Lanterns fight off an army of undead zombies brought back to life. It takes place after Final Crisis when Batman was dead and Barry Allen had just returned since his sacrifice during Crisis on Infinite Earths in the 80s. Huge time for DC. Blackest Night brought all ring colors together, friend and foe, to defeat the common enemy. So we had seven armies, some alliances, some rivalries, some backstabbing, a lot of bloody conflict between them all, and who all end up with no other choice but to combine forces to fight an invading undead army. Does that sound a lot like Game of Thrones to anybody else? Anyway, it's an awesome event, and the creation of the Black Ring involved a villain named Black Hand, a rogue guardian of the universe from the past, Cyborg Superman, and the corpse of the Anti-Monitor among other things. So yeah. And before we move on to New 52, there's a big crossover called Brightest Day, which permanently brings certain heroes that were killed off, like Hawkman, Firestorm, Aquaman, and others who were brought back to life by the ring during Blackest Night. They come back to life. 
But Batman, who was also dead but brought back to life during the event, mysteriously doesn't come back to life. A hint to his status maybe not being officially deceased after Darkseid's Omega Beams in Final Crisis. But in the Lantern world, another rogue guardian named Krona, who was introduced in 1940, releases the entities of the emotional spectrum like Parallax and the other entities that we'll briefly introduce later. Releasing these causes a green civil war and we see the main guardians become more corrupted, our heroes having to switch rings and operate new color powers, and then the new 52 switch happens. Not a lot of special stuff to cover here. If you disagree, message in and let us know why. At some point, Sinestro gets his Green Lantern status back, which is controversial. A new guardian, Rami, who was imprisoned for eternity for creating a phantom ring, is introduced. And along with the First Lantern himself, a big threat, who Sinestro, Hal Jordan, and the rest have to stop. So let's talk about Simon Baz and Jessica Cruz, who were introduced in the New 52, Simon in 2012, and Jessica 2014. They were both assigned to Sector 2814, where Earth is, when Hal Jordan and others couldn't monitor their sector at the time. The duo were tasked with teaming up in the DC Rebirth era during another Red Lantern threat, as Atrocitus came back to Earth to infect humanity with extreme mindless rage. They were able to come together as a team and defeat the Red Lanterns, but shortly after, they are seeked out by the mysterious guardian of the universe, Rami, who created the First Ring and the Phantom Ring. He was looking for Hal Jordan, but found Jessica and Simon. It's all he's got, so the duo is brought deeper into the Green Lantern mythos to help Rami. Rami even regrets creating the Phantom Ring, which he was imprisoned for creating. He says he's tried to destroy it over 5,000 ways, some of which were, you guessed it, crushing it with 12 black holes, also throwing it into the fires of Apocalypse. Way back when he created the ring, a man named Volthum was the first lantern to wear a ring, but got all crazy and was locked away. The Guardians actually created the Green Rings to defeat Volthum, who until this time had been locked in something called the Chamber of Shadows. When Rami came to Earth in present day to find Simon and Jessica, Volthum followed him. Conflict ensues. But through this Rebirth Era story, a ton of rich history continues to be pumped into Lantern Mythos. Jessica and Simon join the Justice League by the time DC's Rebirth Era begins, while Hal Jordan and the others are out in space forging an alliance with the Yellow Lantern Corps. You heard me right. This would be like the Starks teaming up with the Boltons after the Red Wedding. We see how this alliance leads to certain friendships and amplify other rivalries because most of the foot soldiers of each respective team kind of hates the other team. The craziest part is Sinestro's daughter, Saranic Natu is the one leading the Yellow Corps at the time, and she is the one who worked to forge this alliance which didn't end up smooth sailing. Saranic has a rich history with the Green Lanterns, first introduced in 2006 as a member of the Green Lanterns, then a decade later becoming the leader of the Sinestro Corps and trying to form an alliance with Yellow and Green. She wanted to erase the wrongdoings of her father and work toward erasing the bad reputation behind the Sinestro name. So looking inward of each group, more toward the relationship between them brought plenty of juicy storytelling and even a murder mystery to get tensions even higher. Who's the killer, yellow or green? Before we wrap it up though, another cool mythological aspect of the lanterns are the entities attached to each color. We've heard about Parallax who corrupted Hal, guiding him through a murder spree. So Parallax is the yellow entity. 
what are the others? By the way, these entities are giant space creatures that glow the color of their respective emotion. Reds is the Butcher of Rage, who has gone toe-to-toe with the Spectre, and its rageful energy radiates to others around him, causing them to become more angry and irrational. The orange entity is Ophidian, the pure embodiment of avarice, in the form of a giant orange space snake. The entity of green is Ion, a giant green space whale. When Ion embodies a lantern member, they temporarily become near-omnipotent with massive surges of willpower. The blue entity is Adara, the embodiment of hope, a passive and uplifting entity. Indigo's is Proselyte of Compassion, who was created to alleviate the galaxy of its suffering. But the catch is you kind of have to convert your religion to theirs, and it doesn't seem very fun. Proselyte looks like a giant indigo squid. Violet's entity is the Predator, which represents uncontrolled love, which can be extremely dangerous and manipulative. There's also the Life Entity, and Necron, the death entity, the main villain of Blackest Night. That wraps it up. I hope you have a good understanding of the basics of the Lantern universe. Can't wait to see how it's all incorporated into the DCU. Before you go, here's some reading recommendations. Emerald Twilight, to see the fall of Hal Jordan. Jeff John's whole Green Lantern run starting in 2004, which goes through Sinestro Core War all the way into the Blackest Night, and even into the New 52. Green Lanterns, by Sam Humphreys and the Rebirth Era takes us through Jessica and Simon's journey together and brings Ramian, the first Lantern, deeper into the mythos. Also in the Rebirth Era, Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps by Robert Venditti. The first volume starts with another Sinestro fight and we see an awesome display of explosive power by Hal Jordan before the story dives into Serenic and the alliance between Yellow and Green. There are many other stories. Green Lanterns are... In my opinion, the most consistently good line of stories in comics. And the Jeff Johns run is a top three comic run for me, for sure. We got other novice nerds out there like Nightwing, Damian Wayne, Jason Todd, Thrawn, High Evolutionary, and more. Thanks for joining us at Why So Sidious. We'll see you next time.